0: this morning, a word from heaven. Father, I thank you for this new series that we're moving into this morning. We've come out of a series called Clean Heart, Right Spirit, God. You showed us the importance of what that means, and now you take us into a new series, God, and it's all lining up. Even with Nick being prayed for and his wife, God, it's all lining up. The name of the new series is called Fulfilling Ministry. So I speak that over your people this morning, God, that they would fulfill the ministry in which you have sent them to fulfill. They were born for a purpose, God, not just to live in this world, not just to get married and have a family and buy a house and get a job and retire. God, those are earthly purposes. Yes, you set some of those things in order, but more importantly, God, I desire that these people hear a word in this series that says, God, I am your servant and I am here to serve you. And may I fulfill the ministry that you've given me. May I stand before you one day and hear that I am a rewarded son or daughter. May I hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So God, I pray that you would wash our minds, wash our our bodies, cleanse us with your blood, prepare us for service to your kingdom. May revelation come about what ministry is. And as we proceed in the series, may there be empowerment, strategy, triumph that will lead us into the rest of our lives. Lord, we bless you. I pray for an anointing to be upon me as the speaker, the pastor, the teacher this morning, and uh, an anointing to be upon them as the hearers of this word, the learners, the ones that will receive faith and then go and perform it. So Lord, we bless you and thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, rest upon these moments. Let your anointing remain in this place upon these people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So as I said, we're in a new series called Fulfilling Ministry, a heart and spirit for service. We begin in 2 Timothy chapter 4. If this is your first time here at New Life, I want to welcome you all here today. God bless you. My name is Pastor Damian Tibbs, and uh, I'll be serving you today, the word of God. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Another thing we've been doing at this church a lot more is reading our physical Bibles. Raise your hand if you've been doing that. i ask you guys to get that Bible out with the pages in it and flip through it, right? If you don't have one, we'll give you one. It's so important to get that word back in you because the phone, yes, your Bible can be on the phone or the tablet, but the problem with that is that's not all that thing is for right? There's a whole lot of other things we use our phones and tablets for. So sometimes it's just get, it's good to get alone with God in the Word, and there's no notifications that are going to come through your Bible unless it be the Holy Spirit, right? No notification saying you've got a new message or an email or any of those things. So any kind of interruption while you're reading the actual physical Bible will be a notification from the Holy Spirit that says, hey, pay attention to this. I'm trying to speak to you in this verse. So that's why it's so important to get that Bible out. So we're in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, and the command is fulfill your ministry. Church, can you say this with me? I have a ministry. All right. You can have a ministry without having a church. You can have a ministry without having a microphone. You can have a ministry without having an ordination paper papers or register in the state of Ohio to be a, a, what was the word I'm looking for? Clergy. Right. So I'm going to show you today that we are all ministers and you've got a ministry to fulfill. So that's the reason Jesus saved you, because he wants to use your life as salt and use your life as light as well. So we're in 2 Timothy, we see Paul, Paul was an apostle and he's writing this letter to Timothy, and he's trying to encourage him and let him know, hey, although you're young, I want you to know that God has given you a ministry. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, and it begins here. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, and listen, as I read this, I want you to imagine that it's written to you, because it is. Because this is the spirit of God talking to a minister and your minister. So listen up. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead. What will God someday do? Judge who? The living and the dead. So he's urging Timothy, just like I'm urging you, listen up. I'm urging you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will do what? Someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Verse 2 is the first command. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage people with good teaching. So since you're ministers, you've got to stop reading the Bible Some of us have got to stop reading the Bible just to check it off the list. I read my devotion today. No, you're a minister. So when you're reading the Bible, you're learning it in such a way that you can turn around and teach someone else. Do you understand that? So you're not just reading for your own fulfillment. You're reading so that you might do what he says in verse 2. Preach the word of God be prepared whether the time is favorable or not so that you can do what? So as you read the Bible and get this information, God is going to ask you to patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage people with good teaching. Can you say this with me? The Bible isn't just for me. So as you ingest the word of God, as you ingest the Bible, you're supposed to turn around and teach others and lead them patiently and encouraging them with good teaching. But look, there's a warning, right? Because some people don't want to hear it. So we go to verse 3 and hear about that. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. How many situations? every situation, and the only thing that clears your mind is the Word of God. When you read the Bible, it washes the filth of this world off your mind. Your mind has to be renewed, and that is the only way that you can have a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work, because ministry is work. Ministry is service unto God. Work at telling others the good news. Now, let me give you all, and you should know this already, let me give you all your, the sermon that God has given you all to preach, right? You're all about to preach. Are you ready? I want you to say this with me. Come back, to God. Come back to God. Not everybody did it. Don't make me pull you up here and give you the microphone and do it by yourself, right? Everyone, say this. Come back to God. Come back to God. Great job. You all just preached a sermon right? That's the sermon that God wants us to give the world. Come back to God. Why? Because we are the Noah's of this age, right? Noah built a boat so that those that would believe his word would get on it and be saved because it was a time of grace. We're now in a time of grace right now where people around us are perishing unless we say what church? You guys are doing so well. You're all preachers, every single one of you. You can say at least that. I mean, you talk to people about Caitlin Clark. You talk to people about the eclipse. You talk to people about food. You can at least say, come back to God. And you might say, well, I'm a little nervous to say that. That's not his spirit. That's not his spirit because he has said, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, power love and a sound mind. And you know where the sound mind comes from? It comes from the word of God. Because as you read the word of God, it cleanses you of all the bad stuff and allows you to be a true minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So work at telling others the good news and fully carry out or fulfill the ministry God has given you. So Paul tells Timothy... Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out or fulfill the ministry God has given you. Can you say this with me? I must must fulfill fulfill the the ministry God has given me because one day we will all go back to God, right? and he's we're going to stand before God and he's going to know all and we're going to be judged for all the things we did in this body so i'm telling you now and this is the beauty of having a teacher and teachers in this church that are led by the holy spirit I'm not here to tell you how to get rich. I'm not here to tell you how to live your best life now. I'm here to tell you how to please God so that when you die and you stand before God one day, that you will hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want you all at the end of your lives to see Jesus Christ smiling at you saying, you know what? I am so pleased with you. That's what this is about. You've got a ministry to fulfill. That's the name of this series, fulfilling ministry. This is what Paul told Timothy. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out, fulfill the ministry God has given you. So let's do a test. Many of you have been Christians and saved for a long time, but how's the work of ministry going? How many people have you led to the Lord? How many people do, have you told about Jesus over the last year? Because that is your ministry. Your ministry is to tell other people about God, but too often our ministry is self-focused, right? It's self-centered. We'll study the Bible for ourselves. We will pray for ourselves, but it really, the light really doesn't leave the candle. The salt really doesn't leave the shaker. So what we're looking for is not only this balcony to be filled, but for heaven to be filled as well. But you've got to go out and tell the good news and be bold about it. And we thank God for the boldness that we will receive, have received through the Holy Spirit. So, What is ministry? It is the service into which you've been called and equipped. What is a minister? A minister is a devoted servant, a slave, an ambassador to Christ. I I saw it this way as I studied. Uh, I read this on on, on, on a site. It says that a minister is a go-between, a carrier of God's life and will into humanity. So a minister spends time with God, spends time in the Word, puts his ear to God's chest, hears his heartbeat. Then he takes what he's got from God and goes and gives it to someone else. A minister is a servant, a waiter, a slave for God. And that is why it is so important <clears throat> that we recognize that we are his sons and daughters, his kings and priests. And in the coming weeks here at this church, on April 7th, there's going to be an ordination service. We're going to recognize some of the servants that have been in this church for a long time who have not been given their proper credentials. So some people have been serving with titles, but we haven't officially recognized them, and we're going to do that on April the 7th. So mark that date down on your calendar. So... We came out of a series called Clean Heart, Right Spirit. So now we know why it's important because only those with a clean hand and pure heart can be servants for God. Let's go to Psalm 51, verses 1 through 13, and we'll see why God, why David, rather, poured out his heart to God after he sinned. He understood that he he messed up so bad, and he disqualified himself from God's use, okay? But we're going to see that David knew how to repent. Right. So I pray that you also know how to repent, how to tell God that you're sorry, how to turn around from your sin and your wickedness. So we'll look at this passage. It's a perfect bridge from our last series, which was a clean heart and pure, uh, a clean heart and pure spirit to this new series, which is entitled Fulfilling Ministry. Psalm 51, verse one. This is David's cry to God after he had been caught in adultery and murder. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. What kind of love does God have? Unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sin. So David understood the one he was asking for forgiveness from, Had unfailing love and great compassion. So that's what you have to recognize as well. No matter how bad you've messed up or currently messing up, you've got to be able to understand that you can go to this God of ours because he has unfailing love and great compassion. What does that mean? That you won't be able to go to God and say, God, I'm sorry for this addiction. I keep messing up. And him saying, get away from me. Get out of my face. Why? Because we're in the age of grace right? His love is wide open for us. There will come a time though, just as the door on the ark shut and all those that were on the other side of the door perished, there will come a time when the door will shut, right? There'll be the great shutting of the door when Jesus Christ returns and sometimes our personal doors close. What do I mean by that? Our last breath, our last heartbeat, the door is shut And whatever we were on this side is what we will forever be. So be a child of God. Be someone that repents. Let's keep going. Wash me. Clean me from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. So this is a big deal. You should never be able to be comfortable in your sin when you're a child of God. You should say, Lord, I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you? And you alone have I sinned. I have done. This is what repentance sounds like. We don't blame other people. I have done what is evil in your sight. You'll be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Now listen closely. Here's the transition. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be watered in snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Now, many of you are going to go to lunch here in a little bit. Hopefully, you're not thinking about it already, but you're going to be going to lunch in a little bit, and if they serve you with dirty plates and dirty silverware at a dirty table, you're going to have something to say. You're going to say that these dishes are not fit for use. These dishes are used. I want something clean to eat off of. And you got to understand that God sees us the same way. He wants to use you. Say this with me. He wants to use me. But I must be clean. Come on. And you can't clean yourself. I've never seen a dish wash itself. Husbands, wives, wouldn't we love that if that happened? But they don't wash themselves. And we don't wash ourselves. We cry out to God and say, God, wash me and cleanse me, right? Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and take and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me The joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. So, right now, we're either serving sin and self or serving God because we're serving somebody, we're serving something. We're either serving God or serving self. Serving God is called righteousness, it's called being a child of God. Serving self is called sin, and and we become the children of the enemy because we oppose God. So you got to make a decision today and recognize who is it that you are serving. Are you serving God or are you serving yourself? A clean heart and a right spirit produces a willingness to minister. So once you get saved, something on the inside should happen. So, Lord, I pray that this will be stirred up by the power of your Holy Spirit. Once you receive salvation, there's a joy that comes with it. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. So with salvation comes a joy and a willingness to obey. I pray that over them now. God, those that are saved, I pray that they would have the joy of the Lord upon their lives and also a willingness to obey you. Verse 13. So after David says, God created me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me, don't banish me from your presence, let your Holy Spirit stay. The joy of your salvation make me willing to obey. Then verse 13 says this: this is how we transition to the new series. Let's listen to what he says: God, after you do all these things with me, after you cleanse me from my sin and my guilt. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. What does this mean? That once your life is cleansed, that you can be used by God again, and you can go and minister to the rebels, those that don't know yet, those that don't know God yet, and those who are living in rebellion, you can be an instrument for God, you can be a minister. Say this with me, church, I have a ministry. Man, I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. So we've all got a ministry. What matters the most right now, though, is this. Do you have a willingness to serve him? Is there a joy that comes with it? Because we can't be selfish. We can't just say, oh, I'm saved now. I'm good. I'm going to heaven when I die. What about your brother-in-law? What about your cousin? What about your neighbor? What about the lady at Meijer that helps you uh, with your groceries at the end when you're checking out, right? God loves them too. And we must understand that this ministry is supposed to spread from our mouths the gospel of Jesus Christ. So to be a minister and to have our hearts cleaned is to have a passionate response to both duty and service. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Verses four through nine. I need to tell you some good news this morning that if you're a child of God, that you're chosen. Man, we were all too foolish to choose God on our own. He chose us first. Church, you responded to his love. Every single one of you, none of us were wise enough to go after him first. We responded to the love of God. You heard the gospel message preached. The Holy Spirit moved upon your heart, and you responded and said, you know what, God, I will choose you back. Thanks for dying on the cross for my sins. So we are a chosen people. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2. Verses four through nine, and it says, This you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. So remember what I told you ministry looks like? It looks like us going to God first, right? And then whatever happens in here, we're able to turn around and go tell the world, look at what God has done for me. Any Christians in here ever overcome addiction? Let me see those hands go up. You've overcome addiction, look around the room, hands down. Any Christians in the room overcome using cuss words all the time? You used to cuss like a sailor, but now now, your mouth is clean, hands down. Any of you uh, Christians in here overcome any kind of lust of the flesh, lust of the world, pride of life, you've overcome some things, right? Hands down. So what you are are you are a commercial for the goodness of God. You are ambassadors that Jesus Christ can wash your life because you couldn't do it on your own. It's not you keeping you from cursing. It's the Spirit of God that lives inside of you. It's not you keeping you from drinking or using drugs again. It's the Spirit of God living on the inside of you, because God has ministered wholeness and healing to you. Now, as ministers of that truth, you take it to the world and say, listen, brother, God can do the same thing for you. Sister, God can do the same thing for you. That's what you're doing as ministers. You're serving to them God. You're serving to them the deliverance that you receive from him. So don't be a poor servant. Man, how bad would you be this afternoon if you go to Cracker Barrel and place your order mama's breakfast, that's three pancakes, eggs, and a side of meat, right? And you order your mama's breakfast, right? And an hour later, it still hasn't come. And then the manager comes to the table and says, how was your meal? And you say, I never got it. Who was your server? Her name was Brenda. Oh, Brenda got off work an hour ago. Say, what? She never even brought me my meal. We would say, that's a poor waitress, right? But you've got something way more important than pancakes to give people in this world. You've got the gospel of Jesus Christ that you're supposed to be carrying to the world and say, hey, I've got good news for you, brother or sister. Jesus Christ saves. He heals. He's a deliverer. No, I'm not him, but I'm a representative of his. I am a minister. And yes, see, we are not people. We're not We're not a Rogaine commercial, that's the hair loss commercial, and we're we're not faking it. We're not wearing a wig saying, look what Rogaine did for me, and it's a wig, right? We are honest recipients of what Jesus Christ can do for our lives, and that is why we've been ordained to be his ministers. Let's look at this. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. You will be rejected as ministers too. Say this with me. I will be be. rejected. So listen to me. Get over it. Get over it. You're going to be rejected. They're going to make fun of you. They're not going to want to hear you. But just get over it because you've got work to do. And it's not you they are rejecting. It's him. So don't take it personal. Let's keep going. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. Church, say this with me. I am God's temple. So listen to this. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, You who trust in him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that. Church, say this with me. I'm not like that. Come on, you're not the ones that reject God's word. You're not the ones that are disobedient to Him. You are not like that. Listen to what He calls you, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, listen to what, listen to the result. As a result, you can show others the goodness of of God. That sounds like a waiter to me. That sounds like a server to me. So listen, the wait, unless it's a very busy restaurant and they're very short staffed the waiter doesn't cook the food. Hopefully, there's someone back there cooking, right? So we are not the ones that cooked up all this goodness of God. We're not the ones that saved ourselves or healed ourselves or delivered ourselves. But what it says is that since we are a chosen generation and kings and a royal priesthood, that we can show others the goodness of God. Say this to me, church. I am an example of the goodness of God. A man, I, I, I just imagine what would happen if you woke up and looked in the mirror and said that to yourself every day. I am an example of the goodness of God. So what, mean, what that would mean is that you could not go out of the house all busted and disgusted and break down. Why? Because I am an example of the goodness of God. I'm going to show his goodness to other people. All right? Listen to the end of that verse. For he called you out of darkness... Into his wonderful light. So, the reason he called you out of darkness was not just so that you wouldn't go to hell, but wow, praise God, that's an amazing benefit. One of the other reasons that he called you out of darkness is so that you can be a representative of his light to everyone, everywhere. Church, say this with me I am a minister. Come on, you got to live like it. You got to study like it. You got to walk like it. I am a servant of the Most High God. I am the temple of God. His spirit lives on the inside of me. I am not just an American Christian who goes to church one day a week, who doesn't pray, who doesn't read the Bible, who doesn't think they just have some ticket to heaven. No, I am of a royal priesthood. I am from a chosen generation. God has set me apart and pulled me out of darkness. So that I might show goodness to other people. That's who you are. And you don't need a microphone to do it. You don't need the title pastor to do it. All you need to do it is breath and a voice. Come back to God. He's so good to me. So in Genesis 2 and 7, we see the very beginning. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into his into the man's nostrils, and he became a living person. God breathed into the man he formed. What did God do? He breathed into the man he formed, because unless he would breathe in him, then Adam would not have been able to tend the garden. He would not have been able to be fruitful and multiply. Okay, God, you told me that you have this work for me to do, but I don't have life yet. You have not breathed into me. So before the work can begin, the breath must come first. And we see that in Genesis 2 and 7. We also see what God chose to make man out of, right? He didn't make us out of gold. He didn't make us out of diamonds. He didn't make us out of precious metals and stones. What did he make us out of? Dirt, the lowest thing in the earth, dirt. So the highest being that there is, God, made man out of the lowest thing that there was in the earth, dirt and why did he do that? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 25 through 27. It says this. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, That few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Listen, you weren't diamonds, you weren't rubies, you weren't precious metals or precious stones when God called you, right? Instead, God chose the things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise, and he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. So God on high reached down low and formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed breath into his nostril. He became a living being. He became like God, the God that made him so that he can do a work. But God uses the foolish things of this world to confuse the wise, right? So Don't ever disqualify yourself, okay? Listen, I've been arrested before, all right? I am a college dropout. I never went to Bible college. I've got no accreditation from any kind of ministry or Bible colleges anywhere, right? So I've got none of the credentials at all. I've never studied under this one. I never studied under that one. I'm just a church boy from Lima, Ohio that sat back there asleep half the time as my dad stood up here and preached sermons. But God will reach back to the back row, to that boy that's foolish, blow his spirit inside of him, and be able to use him for his glory so don't ever disqualify yourself don't say well I need more education and I need no you don't you just need the spirit of God living on the inside of you because you're a chosen one from God that's all that matters is his anointing I remember almost eight years ago now, maybe nine years, when my dad knocked on my door and said, Damien, uh, God said it's time for you to take over the church. I said, he did? He said, yeah, he did, and I don't think you're ready. I'm like, oh, I know I'm not ready. I'm glad you don't think I'm not. I know I'm not. And so when my dad left and uh, I said this prayer to God, I said, God, I don't know how to be a pastor. And he said, I do. And from that moment forward, I never questioned it again. I was confident in him. See, that's the plan. Because if you got all this education and you got all these, uh, 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 you're established and you're known when he calls you, then you'll say, I, I, was, I was this before you called me. No. I'm going to take that boy born in Cleveland, Ohio, on the the poor side of town, and I'm going to use him. I'm not going to let any man educate him. I'm not going to let anyone put a degree on him. I'm going to use him for my glory. So it makes sense that God would choose you. Say this with me. It makes sense sense. that God God would choose me. You know why? Because he gets more glory from it. Because when people see you and hear you and experience him in you, they will say, wow, I know him. And that's what my dad did two weeks after I took over as pastor. He sat on that back row right there, and he said after service, he said this to me. He said, boy, I know you, and that's not you. (laughs) That's not you. So listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I want you to get confidence in the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. It's not about what you think you can do or you think you can say. You just have to give yourself to God and say, God, okay, you can use me. That's all he's waiting for is for you to say, Lord, use me. And he will. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand so I can take a breath. (laughs) Praise God. So, it's the ministry of life. So what is the ministry that we're called into? The same ministry Jesus was called into. The beginning of all ministry, right? John 3:16 for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Church, can you say John 3:16? So please Memorize that Bible verse, right? Because you can preach off that one to anyone, right? Just preaching the love of God and the plan of God and how if we don't believe on him, we will perish. But he's so graceful that he sent his son to die for our sins. So it's the ministry of life that God has for us as his servants. We give life to those who are dying. If we hide this gospel, if we hide this good news from the world, we're only hiding it from them who are already perishing, We're hiding hiding it from them who are dying in their sins. So all ministry flows out of the love of God and his desire to save his people. So that is why you'll be able to tell when a minister is off. Like the Bible says that this, this, that we should test the Spirit by the Spirit to see if it be from God. Because there's some false prophets out there. There's some people that say they are preachers for Jesus, but they are not at all. And one of the main ways that you will know is that the vein of all ministry comes from the love of God. And if you don't experience the love of God and the truth of God in that ministry, then you understand that this can't be one of his. Because how are we known? We're known by the way that we love one another. Amen? Let's go to John chapter 20, verses 19 through 22. Remember at the beginning how I told you that God had a work for Adam to do, but first he had to form him from the clay and breathe life into him? Listen to this. This is when Jesus, the second Adam, came. Listen to to what happened. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. What were they? Afraid. Afraid. Same thing some of you are sometimes as ministers. Why you won't talk about Jesus at work or in public at all because you're afraid. So they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, there's that word, brother. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. So Jesus didn't even come through the door right? He just appeared. They were afraid and he appeared. What happened when they were afraid? He did what? Appeared. How did he appear? Suddenly, right? Come on. So whenever you're afraid, you should expect a suddenly to occur in your life. You know what? I'm a little nervous to stand before people. I'm a little nervous to tell people about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit will prompt you. So you don't go around. See, listen, um, when you go to Cracker Barrel, maybe I'm going there today. I don't know. When you go to Cracker Barrel, they don't take just random orders to people and give them to them, right? They give them what they ask for. So the Holy Spirit is the same way. You don't just randomly go telling people about God or or praying for people or doing anything. You must first be prompted. The Holy Spirit will prompt you who to pray for. Why? Because different people have different soils, Right? The condition of their heart is different. Some people have very hard hearts. And if you try to give them the word of God, they'll just reject it right away. So God knows this the Bible says, one plants, one waters, and God gives the increase. So God's not typically going to send you to plant a seed into someone whose heart has not been first watered so that they can receive the word. Say this with me, ministers. Jesus, Speak to me. me. I'm I'm listening. Come on. That's how we go throughout the whole day, right? I'm listening. I'm your servant. I'm a minister. I'm listening. I'll do what you say to do. So verse 20, suddenly 19, the end of 19, suddenly Jesus was standing there among them, peace, be with you, because they were afraid. So I speak that same thing over every one of you ministers right now. Shalom, peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, Peace. This is a double, this is a double portion of shalom. This is a double portion of peace. Peace be with you. Now listen to this. He's talking to his ministers. Listen to what he's about to say and do. Remember, Adam had a work to do. God created him from the dirt of the ground, and then he had to do something first before Adam could get up and serve him. Listen to what Jesus does to his ministers. Listen to what he does. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he, what? Breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So before Adam could get up and work, he had to be formed from clay Jesus formed them from clay for three years. These were his disciples that he taught, and he formed them with clay. But before he could send them out, he had to give them his spirit, just like God had to breathe into Adam's nostrils before he could do any work. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. We serve God because his spirit is now in our bodies, just as the father's breath or life is in Adam's lungs. You're a minister of God's because 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, but the person who was joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Say this with me. I share, I share. a spirit, a spirit. With, God. with God. Man, no wonder you can serve what he's serving. Because you're one with him. You share a spirit with him. Romans 8, 5, 15 through 16 says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are children of God. Of that we are God's children. Romans 12 and 1 tells us that we should give our bodies to God because of what he has done for us. Make them a living and holy sacrifice. So God is on top. Jesus Christ is the head. We are the body. Jesus the head. We are the body. So just as I have a head, this head has a brain that can send signals to the body. So if I say right arm go up, if I think that, right arm goes up. If I say left arm go up, the left arm goes up. If I say left knee raise, left knee raises. Do you see how my body responds to my mind? My body responds to the head, right? Rob, can you come up here, please? You're about the same height. Move quickly, brother. These people want to go to Cracker Barrel. All right, get behind me, please. And just, and just uh, I'll take your hand there. Take your hand here. So, Um, Rob is representing the Spirit of God. He's representing the Holy Spirit. So he is the head, and I've given my body. Man, come on. I've given my body to God, right? So it's his Spirit in me. So Rob, wherever you want your arm to move, you can just move it. (laughs) Do you see that? So when you give your life to God, when you give your body to God, God is the head, right, and we are the body. Say this with me, God is the head, head. and I am the body. Say, we are are the body of Christ. So whatever Christ thinks, that's what we do. We are slaves and servants to him. So if Christ says right hand up, Right hand goes up. If he says left arm up, left arm up. We move in response to him because we are his body now. See, Jesus is in heaven, but he still has work to do on the earth through us, his ministers. So he says, listen, it's necessary that I go away so I can send back my spirit to you. Because he's up there, but he still needed a body down here, and we are the body. So as his spirit moves... We move, because we move in response to the body. Let's give Rob a hand. Thank you so much. Romans 12 and 1 again. Listen, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your what? Bodies to God, because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So since we've given our bodies to God, since we're born again, the temples of God, the priests of God, the kings of God, we now serve him with our body. We worship him in spirit and truth. Now there's a work that can be done in this earth still. So God is still in heaven calling the shots. So whenever, what was my little man's name? Logan, Logan came and gave me water. That was just like him giving it to God or having an instruction from God to do something. It's all about the I and you of God, that unity between us. Let's finish up here in Matthew chapter 25. We're just about done. Kimberly, you can come on up, please, unless you got the baby. We're in Matthew chapter 25, 31 through 46. Church, can you say this with me? I and you. So this is the unity of God. Remember, Rob right behind me, I submitted my, my body to him for his use. Now, let's see what that looks like. This is a beautiful conclusion. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and goats at his left. When your hand goes up to feed the poor, it's because the Spirit of God has control of your body and and your mind and your resources and you're feeding someone that's poor. But listen to the beautiful thing about this. You're not just giving it to the poor, you're giving it to Jesus. When you do something for someone in obedience to God, it's, it's as if you were doing it for God himself. That's the I and the you. All throughout that passage says, for I was and you. For I was naked and you. I was in prison and you. That's the beauty of ministry. You've all got a ministry to fulfill. It's the I and you of God. As I, as God leads you to obey him, you do it because he does it through you. So beautiful. Verse 41. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you you cursed ones until the eternal fire Prepared for the devil and his demons for I was hungry and you didn't feed me I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home I was naked and you didn't give me clothing I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me then they will reply Lord When do we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help, this is so key. Like if you're God's child, you don't refuse to help. When the spirit of God moves upon you, when compassion comes upon you, we will know that you're the sons of God because you obey his spirit. So when you move to help others by the Spirit of God, you're helping him. But when you refuse to, it means we're none of his because we're not obedient to his Spirit. Verse verse 46, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Church, say this with me. Fulfill ministry. Ministry is your response to God. Ministry is you doing what God has commanded you to do, fulfill ministry. It's not just about saying the sinner's prayer and then going on about your business and being a selfish person. It's about repenting from your sins, receiving Jesus Christ as Lord, having his spirit, and then fulfilling the will of God in your life. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What? Thy will be done. That's what makes you a minister of God, an agent of God, is that you go through this life, you're doing the will of God. Just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if there's any way, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but what? Thine will be done. That's what a minister says. A minister doesn't say, well, I don't don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to read. I don't have time to serve. I don't have time to give. So, so wait a minute, you're telling me that the time belongs to you now? So you don't sound like a minister to me. You don't sound like a servant to me. You sound like you serve yourself. A minister of God gives his body, his time, his life, his devotion or her devotion to God. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply... I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Those who fulfill God's laws are his ministers. Why? Because we do his will. Those who break God's laws don't belong to God at all. They belong to themselves, and they will meet the same fate as Satan. So you've got a choice today. Who do you serve? If you serve self, then I'm sorry that you have another ruler, and his name is Beelzebub, Satan himself, because he is the one that rules over the children of disobedience. But God rules over the sheep at his right hand who obey him and are ministers to him. Please stand to your feet as I read this final passage over you. I'm going to end with the same passage we began with as you leave here with a charge today. And that charge, church, is this, fulfill your ministry. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead. Remember, the sheep and the goats. When he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will teach them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fulfill, carry out the ministry God has given you. Let's bow our heads at this time. Father, I've given them your word. I thank you for their patience, God. I thank you that this church is a church that allows the Holy Spirit to have his way, God. And we might run a little late on the clock sometimes, God, but we've got all eternity to deal with and to think about. And we would rather spend these moments in righteousness, being trained and being washed and being corrected, God, than to spend time in that world just to soil ourselves and have to come running back to you and saying, God, I sinned against you. So God, I thank you that this time belongs to you. And not only does this time belong to you, these people belong to you as well. These are ministers of yours. They are slaves to Jesus Christ. A slave doesn't do what they want to do. They do what they're commanded to do. And here's what Jesus says, If you love me, obey my commandments. So, Father, I pray now that we would have an excellent spirit inside of us, a clean heart, a right spirit, a willingness to serve you, a willingness to teach rebels your way so that they might come back to you. And, Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would stir up all the gifts of the Holy Spirit that live on the inside of us, that enable us to have a message, God, of come back to God, but not only to have a message, for the kingdom of God is not just words, but power. So we thank you for power along with these words. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, can you say it one more time? Come back to God. That's what makes you ministers. When you say come back to God and you live a lifestyle accordingly. So don't just say come back to God with your mouth, but all of your actions are sinful and wicked. Let there be cleanliness in your ministry you know what kind of minister you would reject. If you guys knew I was fake and I was a drunkard and I was in a, 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 a abused my wife and neglected my children, this church would be empty. Because who would want to minister like that, right? So listen, you're ministers too though. So we have to clean up our own lives. The way that you would judge me and say, if you were doing this, I would not be at this church. I would not let you be my minister. Well, look in the mirror. Are there some things that you're doing That if I was doing it, you would say, I would not let you minister to me, right? So we need to look at our own selves and say, God, help me to be that minister that you're calling me to be.